You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, sports fans. Uh, let's just get through the whole intro. You know, this is Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. We have so much to talk about and like not enough time to do it. So let me just do our little uh, information at the start, reminding you to check out Spotify. Tell Spotify to do the wrapped uh, coverage. Take a screenshot and send that over to Locked On Sports Twitter, and they will retweet that so we can see, you know, what Locked On podcasts you are listening to on Spotify the most. So, uh, of course, Garrett Cole signed, and that's, as I said, that is the domino that starts the chain of events. Uh, with him off the market, we now see most of the top pitching prospects gone. I sent out a tweet last night, if you're following me on Twitter, at Jeff MLB Draft, where I I went through, there were eight players, I believe, left from MLB Trade Rumors' top uh, 20 free agents, and I kind of tried to match them up with teams that I thought could make some logical sense for where they will end up. Uh, One of the things I want to point out with this is, you know, it's some rumor and then some conjecture. Um, My guess was Rendon to the Angels, and we're seeing that one already in the process, likely to be true before the evening is out. I had Donaldson going to the Astros. Idea being that uh, Bregman will take over short, and Carlos Correa, who I talked about on the pod last night, he's only appeared in more than 111 games once in a season. Uh, Very injury-prone. The Mets are interested in him, which then, again, I'd like to point out, hey, Mets, Lindor is a better version. Uh, And we all know how much I like the Mets as a trade partner. But uh, Astros could get Donaldson and then move uh, Bregman to shortstop and then use some of their savings on Donaldson because... On top of just the, some of the savings they've had, they've, they're losing uh, a few free agents so far, and they could flip Correa to help get some pitching, which right now the market doesn't have. Madison Bumgarner did the Dodgers. It's reported they are uh, intrigued by him. Nick Castellanos to the Rangers. They traded Nomar Mazzara. They got Steel Walker, who I am not that high on, but uh, Castellanos has been linked to them and allow some DH and they need a right-handed bat. Ryu to the Angels. Uh, I don't know where he is going to go. It was just a guess that they might have money to spend. Azuna to the Braves, who he's been linked to. Keuchel to the White Sox. We know they were willing to spend on Wheeler. They have some money. And then I thought uh, the Twins also have money and need pitching, so Tanner Rourke. And I went through this list because Tanner Rourke today signed with the Blue Jays, uh, which surprised me. But that makes the pitching market even weaker. At this point, you got Mad Bum, you got Ryu, you got Dallas Keuchel, and... Let's see, uh, what, Julio Tehran from Atlanta. Atlanta's out there chasing every other pitcher, have signed other pitchers, and aren't keeping him, so that's about all you need to say. And Wade Miley, who's been extremely up and down. We also had Josh Lindblow, Lindblom sign with the Brewers, three years, $9 million, really cheap deal. They were very successful signing a, a, a Korean baseball uh, MVP and Eric Thames, who they then let go, uh, rather than pick up his ridiculously cheap $7 million option. Uh, they might re-sign him, <laughs> the news is. I like Lindblow. I thought it was really interesting how many people talked about his amazing or his ridiculous statistics. It's like, yeah, if you're looking, he was a 20-game winner and he had a good ERA. I mean, don't get me wrong, the numbers were good. But if he's barely striking out 8 per 9 in Korea, that's not going to translate well to the majors. I mean, he's a number 5. He has a good chance of being a number 5. Like, And at $3 million a year, that's a fantastic value for a number 5. Uh, really good walk rate numbers, all that other stuff. But uh, yeah, it was the, the some of the hype there kind of uh, made me surprised. 
Uh, I'm just trying to think about everything. Uh, talked at the Indians, had interest in Chad Pinder was one of the things that came out. Uh, I was talking with my buddy who runs the newly launched Locked on Indians, Jason Burke. He and I go all the way back to scout together. Good guy. If you like the athletics, check out Jason Burke on uh, on the Locked on uh, A's podcast. Smart guy, knows the athletics. I'll vouch for him. But, you know, he was like, could we get Karen Chalk? And I'm like, no. And I kind of get it because uh, two years ago, I mean, Pinder was – awesome like he was a over a 110 plus uh, runs created plays multiple positions uh it's hard to find a match and the a's have more or less said they aren't trading him so moving on uh the talk that the mets are willing to trade brandon nimmo i'm a big brandon nimmo fan i think that there's a lot of things there that show that he has more potential than he's getting credit for i would still love to figure out a deal that brings Nimmo to Cleveland. The problem is basically the Mets want a center fielder. So unless it's some kind of deal that's a three-teamer, I can't see the Indians getting Nimmo. I mean, maybe there's a world where, like, Marte to the Mets, Nimmo to the Indians, and then Eric Haas and other pieces to the Pirates. It's something along those lines. I mean, obviously that is not a fair trade of value, but that's that's just some bare bones what it would look like. Uh, moving on. Dodgers... Uh, Dodgers Lindor. We're going to save that for the end of the show. I already talked about Lindblow. Uh, Mets signed Michael Waka, so now they have that fifth starter, so it's not quite as huge of a need. Uh, Brody Von Wagen, Wagen, however you say his name, signs another former client. Like, If you want to know who the Mets are going to sign, see who was, uh, who was with CAA before he left. I mean, that's just how it's worked so far. And those are kind of the, uh, the big... Actual news we have tomorrow is the Rule 5 draft at noon. That's going to be really interesting. It's 11 o'clock my time. I will be, uh, my lunch starts at 11 o'clock. So I'm going to grab my Chromebook at work and be able to like uh, hide in my classroom and I will try and live tweet it. So if you want to know about the, the MLB draft, uh, Rule 5 draft tomorrow, uh, yeah, again, Jeff MLB draft on Twitter. That's where you're, and even if you're not on Twitter, you can still look up my profile. Um, Though the follows uh, always help. But yeah, I will be all about that in tomorrow's pod. We'll dive heavily into it because I'm 100% sure the Indians are going to lose someone tomorrow. Um, had a few people ask me some questions. Had a few hints dropped here and there. So we'll see. Talking to people. There's there's a few guys. Um, Kaye Tom has some interest. Cam Hill has a lot of interest. Jose Fermin, though, is, is starting to move up the list. Um, I'm feeling like talking to people, Jose Fermin might be as good as gone we'll have to see but yeah it's it's going to be interesting i'll see if the thing with any of these is over the years my the information you get from people and organizations it's this mix of like good information it's a mix of bad information and it's a mix of like they're trying to build themselves up by claiming they have more information than they have um but uh yeah, you know, like I said, so we'll see. I could I could very well be proven wrong, but yeah, Jose Fermin, I'm I'm thinking it's a pretty good opportunity. Uh, he is gone tomorrow. So let's talk about the Indians rumors of the day. Um, let's lead off with the Angels and Garrett or uh, Garrett Cole. The Angels lost out on Garrett Cole. They're chasing Rendon. He'll probably be signed by the Angels today. Rendon will play third, which means uh, Fletcher moves to second base. They have uh, Pujols slash Lestella at first, and shortstop is Simmons. But they now have this massive hole in their rotation. That's why I, I thought that Hui Yen Ryu could be a candidate for them. But word is coming out that they are have engaged the Indians about Corey Kluber. 
Anything with Kluber is going to be secondary because they're going to want to lock up Rendon first. But uh, so we likely wouldn't see a deal anytime soon. But I, I think it's a good possibility for a few reasons. One, Mickey Calloway is the new pitching coach. He was the Indians' old pitching coach. Obviously, there's familiarity, um, and there's some. I'm sure there's uh, some belief that they can fix him too. The new co- general manager is not general manager. The new manager is Joe Madden. Joe Madden, who Kluber uh, put on some amazing displays for in the World Series. So I'm sure those are two fans who say, if we can't get Cole, this is a heck of a fallback. Massive problem with trading Kluber. One, age. Um, you know, it, it's going to come up when it's a pitcher in his 30s. And the bigger issue with the age was last year. He was injured multiple times. And at the start of the... It'd be one thing if he was like dynamite and then got hurt. But he was really ineffective and then he got hurt. So no one really knows what his value is. He is a wild card. He has two relatively this year and next year cheap years on his contract. Um, but age and concerns with the injuries and everything else make him a real wild card and that's the best way to put it nobody know if the indians knew kluber was going to be the kluber of two years ago they're not trading him they're going to run with that rotation and be very happy with having this uh cy young pitcher i mean Corey kluber is the greatest pitcher of my lifetime for the cleveland indians like that's not a doubt that's just the truth he's was at a peak he was phenomenal even at slate sub sub peak he was absolutely phenomenal the indians though would save about $17 million. I would love to see them go out and reinvest in the team. The problem is um, the free agent market's a little picked over at this point. Uh, you know, I kind of talked about those top-end guys. It's like, well, who would the Indians sign from the high-value targets that are left? It's it's not a list that inspires a lot of players um, that you're going to go out and spend uh, a ton of money on. But still, let's explore this idea. What would make sense with Kluber to the Angels? The first two names that have come up on Twitter from people, one is Joe Adele. You're not getting Joe Adele. Like, just move on. You're not getting Adele. He's one of the the top prospects in all of baseball. Uh, You're not getting the number two, you know, a top five prospect in baseball at this point for Corey Kluber with the uncertainty around him. Two, uh, Dominic Fletcher. Fletcher kind of moved through the system. David Fletcher, I'm sorry. Dominic is another Fletcher. Uh, David Fletcher is the third baseman, likely to move to second base once they sign Rendon. Scrappy, small, overperformed at every level, but uh, superb defender. Offensively, he is about an average bat, but just does a lot of nice things and has you know team control through uh, 2023. The Angels aren't going to move him. He's part of their core. He's going to, like I said, slot into second base. You're not getting Fletcher. You're not getting Adele. First piece is a guy I've been talking about forever now, Tommy Listella. You, If you listen to the podcast, you know why. His second half was terrible, but he was hurt. His first half, he was an all-star. Like, he was a legitimate all-star. You can slot him in at second base. He's going to be age 31. He had some massive changes to his swing um, before last season that resulted in just ridiculous first-half numbers. If you go and you pull up his split data, and we, which I'll do right now, which is like the worst thing in podcasting is a... I kill time instead of pausing the podcast. But what's worse, the clicking or dealing with uh, with the start and stop? Okay, so in the uh, the first half, so in the first half, a runs created plus of one twenty six. Uh, he's got a eight forty eight OPS, a one ninety four ISO, a minuscule eight point seven percent strikeout rate, just high contact. Uh, 300 average, 495 slugging, 353 on base percentage. 
Second half, he doesn't really play hardly at all, but uh, all the numbers are negative during that time. So you get Listella. He is, I believe, only under contract for one more year. So in some respects, it's perfect, right? He can come in. If he plays bananas again, he'll be, uh, he turns 31 in January. So he could be, he's, it's not inconceivable that he could be a guy you give the qualifying offer to. It's not likely, but it's possible. Uh, but you have him for this next year while you're kind of waiting for Nolan Jones, and he is a clear upgrade. Next piece uh, is Brandon Marsh, the number two prospect. You have to get Marsh because the drop-off after Marsh is pretty huge. Uh, I'm not, you know, they already traded away Will Wilson to, to move room uh, Zach Cosart's contract. Jordan Adams, I've never been a huge fan of. He's number three in system uh, most places, and you know I really haven't looked up. He made it up to high A this year, and he was, you know, he's a super athlete, a uh, big time football recruit as well. Some solid numbers across the board. Uh, just looking up his numbers made me more of a fan. Uh, high bat pips and a really high walk rate, which you don't always see with guys where baseball was the secondary sport. Low average hitter so far in the minors. Um, the power is not quite there yet, but you'll have to see if he can grow into it a bit. You know, he is a six foot two kid, uh, just 20 years of age, just turned 20 years of age, played all of last year at 19. So you're not getting in an ideal world. Let's put it this way. The ideal world is to get Adams and Marsh and Lestella. And then Marsh can maybe at some point next year play Adams comes up down through the line and you end up getting three uh, contributors. I don't think you can necessarily get Adams and Marsh. So the name I want to bring up is Jemai Jones. Uh, the Angels tried to move him to second base, and it, he struggled last year. Um, repeated double-A and saw his performance drop off. Now, the Indians have always loved guys who uh, who struggle. They like to buy low. And that's what you're doing on Jones, who the previous two years had a walk rate, uh, walk percentage of 11 and 12%, dropped to 9% this year. Strikeout rate in the 20s. He's always been one of those guys with like a kind of a mediocre-ish average, but there's extra base, uh, not so much power, but like doubles power. He's a good athlete. Jones is a guy who just uh, outworks everyone. Great attitude. And like those are the first things you mentioned. Then comes the the obvious athletic traits. He's always been a great athlete, plus athlete. That's why the Angels thought they could try him at second base. Uh, he was a guy who was quickly moving through the system, consistently a top 100 overall prospect. Yeah, the valuation on him is down a bit right now, but that makes him an interesting third option. Uh, and he would give you someone else in the upper minors who could get to the majors quicker and uh, help the Indians out down the road. Right-handed bat, if that matters. But the main pieces here would be get Listella, who's essentially a rental. But he fills in that need the Indians have. You get Marsh, who's essentially the centerpiece. And uh, I guess I haven't even talked about Marsh, so let's do that. Uh, talk about missing on the obvious. Brandon Marsh uh, is a really underrated prospect, in my opinion. Six foot four, 215 pounds, plus, plus athlete, um, plus runner, plus power. This year, let's see, he will turn, uh, he'll turn 22 in a week. So he played this year, age 21, almost entirely in double A. Through 96 games, he had a 137 runs created plus. He walked 11% of the time, struck out 22% of the time. Seven home runs, 
and the slash line 300 383 428 his bat pip is a 384 his bat pip throughout the minors uh has the lowest bat pip in a full season was a 356 as you know high bat pips in the minors batting averages of balls in play have been one of the best indicators of uh player success and of guys who could end up with plus hit tools so you're looking at a legitimate five tool talent already in double a uh would likely start the year there move on to triple a and would be someone that could be ready to go july or august of next year so he's a near ready prospect who could end up legitimately across the board plus power plus speed plus hit plus arm put him in a corner and forget about it like it's he is the uh you know, he could be Marcel Ozuna all over again. And maybe that's not, doesn't seem super high end, but I mean, there's a reason why Marcel Ozuna got the qualifying offer and is a multi-time all-star. That could be Brandon Marsh. Uh, that is why I think that's a, a, a good deal. And based on, you know, I put that up on Twitter and the reaction to that, um, uh, the reaction has been decidedly mixed both from Indians fans and from Angels fans. So I think it's actually a pretty good deal. Uh, There's a lot of people on both sides saying no way, no chance, no how, and a lot of people saying, I'll take it right now, let's do it. So when you have both sides with a good mix, I think it's a a solid deal. Um, I go in swinging, but, you know, it's the same thing. I have people criticizing me because I talk about if you go for uh, Whit Merrifield with the Padres. I said, well, you know, you don't start by asking for gore because why waste the time and someone's like you always that's bad negotiation it's like this isn't these guys all know each other they all know how it works they'll sit down and shoot back and forth but you don't go in and and ask for the moon because you know you're not i mean the indians do (laughs) they ask they set a high bar and uh hope that someone will meet it but as of right now uh i think this is a deal that makes sense so let's talk about the other part because i'm gonna go over again today Francisco Lindor to the Dodgers. The reason the Angels and the Dodgers and all this information is coming out is because after Garrett Cole, we are in this perfect time for someone to do a knee-jerk reaction. The Dodgers and the Angels both lost out on the guy they coveted. Uh, The Angels are quickly pivoting to Rendon. Like I said, I think that will happen tonight. But the Dodgers are also in a situation where we're like, oh, they're going to chase Bumgarner. That was what came out yesterday. But you do have, this is the time where you can kind of get a bit lucky that uh, I hope a GM is going to overpay because they're in a situation where they feel the need to do something. They need to win. They need that win. And uh, Lindor, of course, came back up because if you're the Dodgers, you know, they wanted to get uh, more balance in their lineup. They're not getting Rendon. That much is obvious. They could still chase uh, Donaldson. Outfield-wise, you're not going to go out and get someone like Azuna. That doesn't fit their need. Castellanos does not fit with their team. So it's basically Donaldson or bust. And then if it's bust, it's just another year of what looks like treading water to Dodgers fans. And that's not going to sell well. Lindor uh, would be a massive get. He's going to be a huge upgrade at shortstop. You shift uh, Seager to third, Turner to first. Changes your whole lineup, your whole infield. The Indians came out swinging, if you believe reports. So they said they wanted Lux and May as the starter. Like, that that wasn't the whole deal. If you read that uh, Bob Nightingale piece, that was among, you know, that that's just part of it. And, I mean, if you can get those two and still 
uh, swing back around and get someone like Connor Wong, who I've been really high on, or DJ Peters. Like, you know, the Indians are doing great. And never discount them because they got more for Trevor Bauer than I ever imagined they would, honestly. They are very good about setting a value and then just playing the waiting game. They they can afford to sit back and wait. And part of it is the nice situation of knowing you have a owner who's not going to do anything rash and that you don't have uh, the sort of Damocles hanging over your head. The Indians are going to sit back and wait for the right deal. Uh, Lindor is very unlikely to move, but imagine a situation where they do trade Kluber. Okay? Now they turn around and flip uh, Lindor. And if you get May and Lux, okay, so you replace Kluber with May, you replace uh, Lux, Lindor with Lux, and then, so having made those moves, whatever you get... Um, Let's say you get, like, do my deal. You get Listella, who fills in at second base for now. And then you have, you know, the young outfielders coming up through the system. Uh, if you got, like, uh, let's just say DJ Peters, then all of a sudden he becomes another candidate for your outfield. And with the close to $33 million in savings, you better go out and invest in the team that way. Um, the core pieces are still there to contend so, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not counting on anything from Kluber at this point. Yes, Lindor is a huge loss, but you better spend some of that money. Like, if you pull that off and you save that money, I want them to go out and sign Dellen Batances, who a few years ago looked like the best reliever in baseball. Uh, throw some money at his way to reestablish his value. Having Batances and Karen Chalk at the back of a pen could be absolutely frightening. And then, you know, the, the you're. Ugh, can't speak. I would probably at this point then go look at Nick Castellanos. Yeah, he's a butcher, but if you're considering playing Fran Mill in the outfield, you uh, you can get a you don't care about bad defense, but offensively he's just consistently been productive. Yes, he was really productive with the Cubs, but he's been a solid offensive hitter for a few years now. He might cost more than you want, and if it's one of those things where you know the, the Rangers are in a situation where. They they were so in on both third basemen, and now they're so out on both third basemen that they might overpay on Castellanos. Uh, you know, I would certainly then pivot to, to looking at somebody else on the market, and Marzello Zuna uh, is probably the last of the kind of higher-end bats. Out of curiosity, is kind of looking at the list. Uh, Corey Dickerson would be a good pivot, though that's a, a lot cheaper production. But, yeah, you, you need to go out and spend. If you're going to trade the face of this franchise and the best pitcher the franchise has seen in a while, they have to immediately invest that money in a positive way to help accentuate the core. Because what you can sell to a fan base is, we couldn't keep Lindor, but we got an amazing value. We got someone who can replace him now. Well, you can't replace him, but we got someone who's considered the best young shortstop in baseball, and he's going to come in and do his best. We got one of the most electric pitchers in the minor leagues, and Kluber did great things for us for years, but we turned him into someone who uh, was an all, would have been an all-star if healthy to man second base and two exciting prospects who can help us down the line. And then we used that extra money to go out and sign an outfielder and a reliever to help lock up this team. Uh, you've, you know, that is something you can sell. And, you know, it's actually an Angels fan made a great point to me a second ago on Twitter uh, at Angels underscore fan Kyle even if Kluber goes out and reestablishes himself next year, his value is limited because he's a rental. So it's kind of no matter what you do with Kluber, um, 
if he is if he goes out and he's terrible next year, guess what? You're just not picking up his option and you get nothing for him. Uh, if he's average, you're probably not picking up his option and you get nothing for him. He has to get back to at least like 85% of who he was. And then he's just a, a rental, which majorly limits his value. So I can see why the Indians would want to move on. That It's a, it's a good point and something I should have thought of before, that this is really their last chance to get anything of value for Kluber in a trade. Yes, there is the small possibility he comes out, he's absolutely lights out, and you could trade him in July. But, I mean, would you really trade a guy? I mean, the Indians might, honestly. Because when you have the other pieces like Clevenger and Bieber, you can afford to do that. But this is probably the least risky move. And the other thing, just to point out, is something else I said on Twitter in regards to this. The Indians never sell low. They never sell low. I remember they never, you know, they're never going to take a low offer. I can go back years to when Kelly Shopik had that amazing year, and I'm like, just trade him. Trade him now. We know this is a, a glitch. We know it's just a, a you know, a, a one-time thing get value for him and they didn't because they couldn't find something to match his production so they held on and hoped he would replicate they believed in his ability to replicate and it didn't happen and that's always the example that sticks out to me but that has happened many times in the past with the indians and they would rather hold on and see a guy try to reestablish his value than sell at a low point the indians are willing to sell at a low point with kluber then i think you have to have big concerns that the Indians, the team that know him best, the team that spends all this money, research, and time on advanced, um, you know, uh, uh, blanket on the words, of, you know, the way your body works. Not biology, but the, you know, they're very good with knowing the mechanics of pitchers and everything else and knowing when a pitcher is right. And if they are willing to sell low on Kluber, that probably more than anything states the unlikelihood that Cooper is going to return to even to 80% of what he was. So we'll talk about the Lindor stuff um, maybe tomorrow. We'll see how the Rule 5 goes. Um, we'll discuss more bits of, of that. You know, the Rule 5 is going to affect the Indians. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter at JeffMWBDraft. I'll be talking about the Rule 5 tomorrow. Uh, the Rule 5 is going to have some effect. We'll talk more Lindor. Lindor. We'll talk news. We'll see what happens with Kluber, but I do think at this point you're smart to trade Kluber. I think if the Indians are willing to walk down this road, then that that speaks volumes. So if you can move Kluber and get some pieces that will help you sooner rather than later, consider it. Lindor, it's going to suck. <laughs> There's no good way to put it. But um, what hurts more, you know, getting uh, two elite prospects plus more or getting a draft pick in the 30s because that's what it's going to be if he if you keep him for two years and he walks um i mean in an ideal world the indians would have gone all in these past few years instead of having you know d minus off seasons would have gone just in the hole knowing that when lindor leaves you can kind of tear it all down you can rip your minor leagues to pieces and uh if you lost money all those other years uh it doesn't matter because hey we're gonna have some low salary years when lindor leaves because we're not gonna be good we're gonna rebuild and we are going to trade away guys like clevenger who will be at peak value for um prospects in that rebuild that's what i would have done that's what i kind of wish they would have done but if the indians are going to try to keep this never-ending rebuild going 
they're going to have to make a move now on both these players. It's just uh, because if you sit there with all of this hanging over their heads, it, it almost never goes well. It doesn't. When you are a player who knows you're on the block, those players never seem to perform as well. So if we go into the season with Lindor and all of this hanging over him, that's probably going to lead to lesser production. I went mega long, but there's a lot to talk about today. I hope everyone uh, appreciated and enjoyed it. We more to talk about tomorrow. Uh, it's been a busy time in spite of the Indians not doing anything. So thank you for listening. As always, this has been Jeff Ellis. I'll say it for the third time, but you can find me on Twitter at JeffMOBDraft. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Rule 5 draft and all the news of the day. Thank you for listening, and go Tribe!